Hey there, it's Chantal here from the Melanoma and Skin Cancer Advocacy Network, also known as MScan. And it's true, I'm not Pete from Talking Health Tech. I've borrowed the mic today to showcase one of our amazing podcasts from our Spot On podcast series. And just letting you know, our mission at MScan is to help Australians get skin serious about skin cancer and melanoma. So hopefully by getting in your ears this summer, we can remind you of the importance of skin cancer prevention and the early detection of skin cancer. Because unfortunately, there are too many Australians that are diagnosed with this disease. In fact, two in three Australians will be diagnosed with skin cancer before they turn 70. Deb Knight is a journalist who is no stranger to skin cancer herself. In this podcast, she speaks with Deborah Hutton, who's made a career as a fashion model and editor of the Australian Women's Weekly. She's a TV presenter and all-round entrepreneur. This one's a really engaging conversation where Deborah Hutton talks about her experience with skin cancer on a really prominent part of her face. And when she's a, a public figure and model, she describes that skin cancer is not pretty where we can do a lot to avoid it. There's so much advice for Australians here. And if you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts or find other helpful resources or learn about our amazing advocacy work, look us up at mscan.org.au. But here it is, Deb times two on the Spot On podcast by the Melanoma and Skin Cancer Advocacy Network, MScan. Welcome to another episode of the Spot On Podcast. In this season, we're focusing on the human side of receiving a diagnosis of skin cancer. And so far in this season, you've heard from Deb Knight as she's interviewed patients and their clinicians to provide an understanding about the impact that skin cancer has had on the person that's diagnosed as well as their friends and family. In this episode, Deb speaks with someone who's publicly shared their experiences with skin cancer before. It's none other than Deborah Hutton. She's a model, then became editor of the Australian Women's Weekly. She's a television presenter and entrepreneur. In this conversation, Deborah Hutton openly shares her reflections on the experiences she had with skin cancer and some advice to all Australians when it comes to being skin serious. Well, it is wonderful to be back with you, and you've got Deb by two. Deb Hutton <laughs> is with me now. Hello, Deb. Nice to see you. Last time I saw you, you were doing this on radio and now you're doing podcasts. I'm catching up with you through a screen. That's it. Well, that's true. And it's an issue that I really want to champion and it's close to my heart as I know it is close to yours because we need to raise awareness as much as we possibly can. And you've been doing that in such a wonderful way by putting yourself out there with your own personal experience with skin cancer and going under the knife. For those who aren't familiar with your story, tell us what happened to you, Deb Hutton? Oh, <laughs> well, I suppose it's sort of there's part A and part B. You know, I, I had a quite a significant BCC that was removed about eight, nine years ago. Um, and it was sort of between my nose and my top lip. And it was quite a significant skin cancer and we dealt with it and, you know, there was a big flap surgery and that was fine. I'll pause you there, though. I mean, you say that was fine, but we know that you're a model. You've made your living out of your appearance. So even that step, I suppose, was, uh, oh, was a, a step. 
No, I, look, I'm, I'm being light with it because I suppose, you know, the thing is it, it reoccurred nine years later. But no, the first time that it happened, it was, um, I remember just feeling sort of chilled to the bone when he said, this has got to come out now. And I went and sat in the car and I said, how do you think, like, what are we talking about, the surgery? He said, well, we don't know how big it's going to be until we go in there. And I was, you know, your mind immediately goes to the worst We've got this thing that we just always tend to sort of, you know, catastrophize things. So, but I do remember sitting in the car and I rang my mother and I just said, Jesus, mom, I've got this skin cancer. It's right in the middle of my face and it's next to my nose. And, and, you know, I just sat and I thought, you know, this is, you know, I'm start. Yeah. My face is, is my fortune, I suppose. So that's sort of what I've built my career around. So it was very confrontational at that time. And then obviously when the surgery happened and I came out, of it was a general anesthetic it was quite a significant surgery i was reeling because it was quite big but the surgeon was quite happy i mean you know so you kind of rest in in their beautiful you know talented hands and he said listen it's going to heal beautifully and not honestly where you've got it on your face you know it's in your smile line i've done the best i can and, and he was brilliant and so yeah so that was you know that was 10 years ago and I very much became very clear that I was a target for skin cancer. That was the third one I'd had, but they were other little BCCs and things that I could easily removed. And, and I, I suppose it was the shockers to me then, and with the BCC, we kind of throw them away a bit thinking, oh, you know, it's not melanoma, so, you know, you're going to be okay. But that's actually not the point at all. Um, there's very different types of BCCs and some of this was an infiltrating one and they can leave you, you know, very scarred. And if you don't get onto it, you can be in some serious trouble. But anyway, yeah, so then about a year ago now, I sort of noticed we was keeping an eye on this little tiny dot, little red dot. And I went in to see my surgeon. I had something on my on the back of my leg and I just had it to get it removed. It was nothing at all, but just something I wanted to get rid of. And he said, listen, I think we should take a biopsy of those two BCCs. And I mean, what do you mean the two BCCs? And he said, well, there's two that I can see. And, and I could not for the life of me see what he was talking about. I knew there was a tiny one, but anyway, we did the biopsies and they said, well, I think we'll do a really generous biopsy, which means they take about three mil. And, uh, and he said, in case we can get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so sure enough, they got the results back and they said, no, you're going in again. So it was, in the, it was in the same spot. This is the same spot that you had had the, the previous mm -hmm. one removed surgically all those years yeah. ago. And it came back. No, it didn't come back. So they definitely got it and they got the margins. But there's passages. It's like, think of it like a sort of a freeway. There's a freeway of sort of open passages around your nose area and sort of just under your cheeks and around your lip area. That whole area, if there's any cancer cells, it's like a little highway that they can sort of travel across. So if you have had any trauma there before, skin cancer trauma, it can target. There's a weakness there and it recognises that weakness and it can go back to that same area. And I just couldn't believe that it was in the same spot. So again, he said, we might have to do a, um, a flap surgery, we might have to do skin graft. And I was like, oh, my God, because I don't know if you've seen any skin grafts, but they're not great. They're, they're uh, not pretty. And, and that's, you know, that's even with the technological advances that they've made in able to do the skin grafts because they, from what they were years ago, they're right. far better, but they're, yeah. yeah they're but they're still not pretty. They're not mm. pretty. And, and your skin heals if you actually have major scarring and major surgery, but they're using your own skin that's in the same area, 100% you will be gobsmacked at how well your skin can heal. And I, I have time and time again seen that. And I'm just very fortunate that it's in the same area. So I said to him, I made a bit of a joke. You've got to laugh about these things seriously at some point. <laughs> I just humour. 
get another one. Can I get it on the other side of my face? Because then I can have a reverse facelift. Because I can just take the skin out. Like, oh, for God's sake, But when you had it done, though, I I remember seeing on social media that you were very, very open about the procedure and when you went under the second time and you showed the scar not long after you'd had the surgery and it was big. It was brutal. I didn't know and I went in to go and get the wadding changed, right, because you don't see anything. You come out, you've got this huge bit of wadding that stays there for five days and I went in to get it changed thinking it was fine. They said, no, no, we're removing the stitches today. I'm like, oh, right, I wasn't prepared for that because it's bloody painful. And anyway, so I said to the nurse, I said, how many stitches? She said, I, well, there's, I think there's too many to count. And then I said, could you just take a photograph for me before you take the stitches out? Because I, I don't know if I'm ready to look in, in the mirror and all that kind of stuff. So she took a photograph. Anyway, when I was picked up and I was brought home, I looked at that photograph and I was like, holy, that is mm. just, it, it just really kind of shocked me. Uh, yeah, brutal was the word that sort of came. And I, and I sat there and I thought, this is actually really, people need to see this. People need to know that. It's not pretty. Skin cancer is not pretty and we can do a lot to avoid it. And I thought, I mean, I suppose because I have a face and people are used to me smiling with makeup on and la-di-da-di-da, well, here it is. This is the truth. This is actually what's going on in my life right now and this is what a lot of people go through and I'm no different to anybody else who, who is under diagnosis and getting BCC. So, But it went, it was, it ten, I, I didn't know the reaction. I didn't really anticipate what that reaction was and it was huge and I'm at home a few hours later and I hear Peter Overton on the six o'clock news going oh and Deborah Hutton da, 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 the skin cast I'm like and there's the photograph I'm like oh my god so it went viral which is a good thing is a good well thing. it is a good thing because then and I'm I'm no doubt that this is the case but you inspired me when I had a, a small BCC removed from the bridge of my nose earlier this year to do similar to you to talk about it, post it, let yep. people know about yep. the reality. And mine was, you know, small, but again, for me, it was confronting. And I had a huge reaction from people who saw that and said, oh, I better get my skin checked. Yes. And lo and behold, yeah. found that they had melanomas, BCCs. Mm. If they hadn't been checked because of seeing what what I had done and I'd been prompted by what you had done, then, you know, that helped a lot of people. And I'm sure you had the same response from people who said, I got checked and thank you very much. It's incredible. I mean, even Sam Armitage, I was talking to her, I did a podcast with her recently and she said the same thing. She said, I actually, because of you, I went and had my skin checked. I hadn't, I'd forgotten about it. I hadn't had it done for a couple of years and there was definitely, they found something. I'm like, bloody hell. You see, for me, because I've been living with skin cancer now for so long, I've got this thing where I just, I go in there, I've got a dermatologist that knows me, that knows my skin, that basically they've got a map of it. And I get long-term referrals and I go in there and I just went, as soon as I walk out, I make another appointment. I make the appointment as I walk, walk out. And how regularly do you go now? I go every four months now because it's, now it's been twice in this area. And I go in there with a bit of a, you know, you kind of get a bit tense. And then she looks at you and you go, you're going to like me today. And as soon as she says that, I'm like, oh, okay, I can breathe. Again. <laughs> uh, but you, know, you become completely paranoid which is not a bad thing, I have to say, because I'm constantly looking at my skin and I've spent my life in the sun. And you know what's interesting is it's like baking. We're putting all these ingredients together when we're younger. We've got all the coconut oil and we've got all the baking in the sun and all this kind of stuff. And then as it gets older, it starts rising to the top. It's like this god-awful skin cancer cake that just comes up. And the stuff that I'm seeing now 
that wasn't there 10 years ago. And a lot of it's just damage. But things that you look at going, I wonder if that's something or, you know, it's an odd sort of skin pool or, you know, you just look at it. But it's the damage that you have no idea what you're doing in your 20s and 30s, even younger. And you just, because you don't see it, you just see a bit of sunburn or whatever. But my goodness, it's a revelation, the stuff that's just coming to the top at the moment. I'm like, oh, my God, had I mm. known, had I have known. Well, well, true. But then I'm of the generation where the slip slop, slap message was being hammered home and my kids are of the generation where they're not allowed out to play at school if they don't have their hat, no hat, no play. Yeah. And yeah. yet there are still people in their, you know, younger generations now, young women and men in their 20s who are out sunbaking. And oh, yeah. yeah. The I message doesn't seem yeah. to sink in. I live by the beach and I just see it and I think, oh, my God, that was me. And it's weird now because all the 80s fashion is back. So they're wearing nothing. They're wearing, and I thought, oh, my God, that was, yep, that was me. I had little string bikinis and there's just nothing. And, and you just, there's no protection whatsoever. You feel like going up and saying, look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> those old nags, you know. What are you old nag? What are you doing? Oh, my God. Get a grip. Well, you have taken that. You have taken the, you know, you've, the lived experience is number one. But you've also pushed it further with promoting sun safe hats and sun safe clothing, and I think that's terrific too. Well, it was a revelation. Look, when I when all that went viral, and I was fortunate, you know, ACA did a story. I had the cover of the Women's Weekly, so I really got a lot of coverage. And because of that, it's been it's been such a gift, Deb. I have to say, it's been a really great gift for me because it's allowed me to passionately talk about it and try and sort of just continually get the message and create awareness around it and I'm working with a few organizations I'm, I'm working with like Lions International have these regional sort of you know transport modules these buses and these vans that go out to the regional areas because it's really hard people you know live miles away and to even get to a doctor let alone a dermatologist is really difficult so even trying to reach all those regional those inland areas is really difficult so that's you know I'm trying to help promote that you know the skin hospital is obviously you know with all the technology that's coming through which is quite extraordinary about how if you get on the front foot with this stuff you don't have to suffer you don't have to go into surgery if you just if you've got the awareness and if you're actually protecting yourself and just being mindful of it constantly then you know it's with any cancer basically if you really, you know, early detection, it's always about early detection. But in this instance, it's even earlier than that. It's trying to get onto the kids and it's trying to get onto anyone who just doesn't really understand the nature of the sun and, and how harsh it is in Australia about how we can, that we can think differently about it. And yeah, I think that slip, slop, slap years ago was, was fantastic. But, you know, that's years ago. So we kind of really need to do something going forward. And one of the emails I got out of being inundated was this lovely gentleman who said, you know, do you know, we're a hat company, we're made in Australia, you know, we're up at West Gosford, do you know that the hats you're wearing aren't necessarily giving you any sun protection? And I was like, what do you mean? Anyway, we started this conversation and and I was to find out that there's a material, yeah, that's, that's UPF 50 plus rated and they've actually woven this into hats. And so they said, do you want to... You know, how do you feel about designing a range? I was like, oh, my God, I would love that. And it's um, so Canopy Bay was born about, goodness me, we only launched it about two, three months ago. Mm, which and, is when I talked to you on the radio. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's been such a success and I've just done a little drop range for Christmas. I've added a few more styles because they were sort of screaming for more. But, you know, the biggest message attached to it is the fact that it was like, you know, the hat you're wearing may not necessarily be giving you protection that you require. And and that's what I had no idea about. And and as you said, you know, we're talking about UPF 50 plus clothing, I play golf and I don't know if you've seen any golfers, but they've got those white sleeves that you wear that you can wear under polo shirts and stuff. And again, they're fantastic, but we go out in the sun and we've got a cotton shirt on and we have a T-shirt on or whatever. There's UV rays that is penetrating that material. And this is just people don't realise this. It's not, I don't think, I think it's a great topic of conversation and something that, you know, I'd like to work in towards and try to create more awareness around obviously putting sunscreen on, you know, wearing a proper UPF 50 plus hat, but also think about the clothing. If you're going to be in the sun, you've just got to be smarter and knowledge is power. So the more you know about the stuff, the more powerful that you'll be an advocate for it. And also, you know, making regular checks, skin checks, that's great. But you can also play a big part of yourself checking your own skin regularly. And I know on the MScan website, they've got information about things to look out for and, and things to be careful of. Because as you say, it can often be, you might go into the dermatologist or the doctor wanting them to look at one particular thing that you're concerned about. And in many cases, it's something that you weren't aware of. Yeah, completely. And look, it's checking, it's knowing your skin, it's knowing your partner's skin. My boyfriend recently had something on his chest and I went, and you know, it's, it's, he's got a hairy chest and, he, and I said, what's that? And he went, I don't know. And he dismissed, guys are so ridiculous. <laughs> so dismiss it. Like, I'm, worried about it. I'm like, no, I'm worried about it. So he's like, you're so paranoid. Anyway, sure enough, he had two skin cancers there and had to go back twice to get them removed and has got quite a decent scar. So it's about checking your partners, it's knowing your skin, but it's also, and I think we started with this, it's actually, we look at BCC, basal cells, you know, BCCs, and there's SCCs, uh, squamous cell sonomas, and they, we kind of give them a bit of a less of a rating because it's not melanoma, man, melanoma is a killer, but do not disregard them because I was talking to one of the great um, neck, uh, he's a skin cancer surgeon at Chris O'Brien Lifehouse, and I had a really meeting with him just to sort of talk about, you know, trying to create some more publicity and getting him to do an interview. And he was showing me the most shocking images of his operations. And he said, what happens is all these BCCs and SCCs primarily are around your head and neck area. And what do you need in life? You need to hear, you need to eat, you need to smell and you need to see. And he said, I can't tell you people losing eyes, they're losing ears, they're losing their nose. He said, I'm in full reconstruct, I reconstruct, that's what I do. And he was showing me these horrific images and they're from BCCs and SCCs. And so, you know, we think melanoma is the chemical, but I gotta tell you what, it may be, but to know, don't disregard them. You're just like, oh, that was just a BCC. And they might be, there's so many. You and I wouldn't be able to tell one from another. Mm. But to see that you can see what can happen to you if they go undetected, if they don't have, you know, proper surgeons and proper derms looking at them and you get onto it quickly, then, yeah, it can be seriously ugly. Yeah. Well, it's such an important message. And as I say, I'm, I'm so glad that from your point of view, I'm not glad you had to go through what you did, but I'm glad <laughs> that you actually used it for good measure and, and helped to raise awareness and continue to do so. Well yeah. done to you, Deb. Yeah, but that's, well, thanks, Deb. But look, I think you and I are in the very fortunate position. This friend of mine often says, spend your celebrity well. 
you know, rather than, you know, if you if you do have a platform and there is an important message out there that, that is close to your heart and actually sends a message to try and sort of help others, then I think that's what we have to do. So, yeah, yeah I, I say it's a gift because it's been... It's been a gift. It's allowed me to to talk about it, and I'll continue to bang the drum. So, <laughs> bang it loud. Well I, well, I did. I did when I had the BCC removed. I, you know, wasn't anywhere near the surgery that you had to go through. But I did actually appear on camera hosting a current affair with the stitches and yeah. the the sort of band aid over the top of it visible, and it was interesting conversation because maybe three, four, five years ago my bosses wouldn't have let me do that. But yeah, I think the yeah. conversation has shifted that I think people yes. are, are willing to see a few of those bumps and barnacles and, and yeah. if it's helping to raise awareness, which it does, then I think it's it's worth embracing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's along with many things. I think people just want the truth. There's so much crap out there that I think people just want, they want real. Um, if anything's shown us what we've been through in the last couple of years, the more real, the more integrity it has around it, it will definitely hit the right nerve, that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's always lovely to catch up. Thank you so much, Deb. Great to see you, Deb. You're looking so well. So just, yeah, your skin looks great, by the way. So. <laughs> well, yeah. right back at you. All Thank right. you so much. Okay, lots of love. And that's it for another episode of the Spot On Podcast. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member if you think they'd get some value out of it. And if you haven't done, go back and listen to the episodes in season one about the fundamentals of skin cancer, or check out some of the other episodes in this season where we focused on more of the human side of a skin cancer diagnosis. Remember that all of the content discussed in this podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice. Please make sure you speak with a medical professional for advice relating to your own specific situation. This podcast is brought to you by the Melanoma and Skin Cancer Advocacy Network, MScan who are providing a new, innovative approach to tackle Australia's national cancer. MScan engages with Australia's leading clinicians, researchers and advocates with the aim of increasing the knowledge of those affected by a diagnosis. For more information about MScan and the advocacy work going on to help Australians get skin serious, visit mscan.org.au.